0: Thank you. The rocket, rocket, are you reading me, son? I'm barely here, sir.
1: I'm barely
0: here. Well, you and me both. That's why I said Earth to rocket because I feel like I'm in outer space on another planet. Because, as we discussed last week in the preamble to the open, my sleep patterns are officially—I'm going to say—they're officially switched to Europe time after the last three weeks, and I've—I've I've preset the time clocks Tiger-esque style. To, uh, to Europe time. A little bit too early for my preparations for September, but uh, wowee, it was worth it. After the uh, Open that we just witnessed the last four days, my goodness gracious, it was certainly worth it. I, uh, it was. It was. It was amazing. I, I don't get too worked up about professional golf, Rocket. But... I can't remember another tournament that I've watched that I've been that engaged and involved with on on every level. On the level of the golf played, on the level of the quality and the scenery and the environment, i.e. the golf course, and then just on an emotional level, just watching – Stories unfold, highs and lows, and we'll talk about some of those shortly. But obviously, the main one the young man from Ireland, Shane Lowry, taking out the claret jug for his first major. And I, I just, you know, I've been, I've had it on the TV all day, replayed the whole thing, and I've been watching it out of the corner of my eye. And I just can't, I can't remember ever being so engaged with the golf tournament. And if I'm feeling like that, that probably is a fair chance that other people are feeling like that. And if other people are feeling like that, that's a really good thing. So um, I'm sad that it's over, but it's, it's going to be nice to reflect uh, for the next uh, period with your good self, my man. I know that you've uh, been burning the candle at both ends as well. We might talk about that uh, 25-year-old whiskey that got in the way of... Uh, a good sleep later on, but uh, what do you think? What are your what are your opening thoughts about the weekend and the Open at Royal Portrush, son?
1: Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of sleep. Not a lot of sleep. Um, a lot of um, rewatching highlights and stuff like that because um, there were a few interruptions to the circadian rhythms because there was plenty of nod offs uh, on the couch mm. <laughs> due to due to some of the absurd hours that we're trying to do watching these things but you know it's um you know, what, what, what a way to finish what a way to finish 2019 um, and the stories that have played out in, in the big four majors. you know starting with tiger in, you know the masters where Brooks are going back to back with Gary Woodland at the US Open, And now you have the Open Championship returning to Ireland for the first time in 68 years, I think it is. 1951 was the last time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And you've got, even though he wasn't from Northern Ireland, but from the Republic of Ireland, it did not matter. Every person who was Irish, they were on board the Lowry train. And uh, Shane Lowry... um, just an amazing effort, and considering all the highs and lows that, the, that he's been on, especially in the last few years, you know he's probably standing on the tee on the Sunday with a four-shot lead, thinking about the last time he had a four-shot lead, which was the 2016 US Open, and you know it it blew up for him on that day, and he's been through his own trials and tribulations. You know he's quite open about um, his where he was 12 months ago. You know, he said in his, his interview that before his round, in the first round of um, the Open at Carnoustie, he went and sat in his car and cried because he was just, he hated the game and he felt like the game hated him. So, you know, he, you know, we talk about the highs and lows of golf. You know, we've talked about other players like young, young Matt Homer in terms of, you know, just the, you know, using the mental aspect because, you know golf is such a mentally torturous game and you know you, you've got to find something deep inside yourself to to will yourself to change your fortunes or just persevere through the wall of misfortune to get through to the other side so you know he, he's endured all of that and then on top of that you know there's a there's an element of you know is there an element of pressure being you know, it's your home crowd and You've got your family and friends, you know, that you're playing in front of. You know, that could come with its own pressure, and we already saw, you know, the the raging favourite, especially the fan favourite, succumb to that. Being Rory, missed the cut. You know, his tournament was done on the first hole. So the weight of expectation, whether it be self inflicted or externally inflicted, you know, can impact the players' performance, especially if they. They don't put in the right
0: things to, to deal with it. Um, Let, let's talk about Ireland, Irish golf, and and what that win means. Now, you mentioned, you know, he wasn't from, Shane is not from Northern Northern Ireland. But as you know, Ireland and Northern Ireland represents itself in golf as a united nation, if that's the right term. And as you were you're right, you know, everyone in that crowd were were really charging for Shane Lowry come, you know, well basically the whole time. But I guess Shane Lowry is a player, yes, and he's had his highs and lows and challenges as you alluded to. But, you know, right now in this moment, what stood up was his game of golf and the quality player that he is. Now, if you watch him in that last two rounds and just, You know, he he was quoted as saying Saturday, the Saturday round was like the best round of his life. And then to see what happened on Sunday where people just falling around him, you know, anyone that had any shred of, you know, challenger against their name on the leaderboard were just falling away at rate of knots. His game held up unbelievably well. Even when he hit a bad shot. You know, a couple of, you know, the first hole was a great example. You know, and I think that first hole.
1: <laughs> yeah, not so low, flat flat hook.
0: <laughs> that, but that first hole and his bogey set, that's where he won it. He won it there on that first hole. You know, when, when you're fist pumping, you know, the putt to make the bogey, he fist pumped it and that was clutch. You know, that was clutch. And that yep. meant so much, that putt, because it just sent a message to, Tommy Fleetwood, and he dropped the shot. Most of them, you know, jeepers weepers. Could you believe how many balls went out of bounds on that first hole on that last day? Yeah, okay, the wind changed, and <laughs> but it was unbelievable seeing all these guys just snap hooking and block cutting out of bounds. Reminded me, it reminded me of uh, Barry Montuna in the pennant final there, uh, just a little. Jordan
1: Spieth, his drive, his drive didn't make
0: the fairway. I know, unbelievable. So. <laughs> You know, for me, the, the, his round got off to this hiccup of a start, but that was really the, the solidifying moment that just set the tone for the rest of the round. And he made very few mistakes, and when he did make a mistake, you know, his, his putting, and that's what's going to go if you're under pressure and you're going to succumb to pressure. You know, you're not going to make those clutch, you know, four- and five-footers, and he made a handful of them, either to save par, a few birdies, or you know save a double, well, unbelievable.
1: Well, they're the thing. Well, they're the things that keep the momentum running. So you could you could hit a couple of bad tee shots and just you know you could start to get a bit wobbly, but it's just you know you, you've got that whether it be a five, seven, eight footer, really clutch putt for whether it be a bogey like he had on the first, or whether it be for a par, or whether it be for one of those birdies to arrest. A you know, bring the get, get some momentum back, just being able to make one of those and having, you know, just willing yourself for the moment to, to, to make that, that part. That's the important thing to just sort of keep the momentum rolling in, in the round or just try and turn things around. And he did that all through the week. You know, I still go back to, um, I think about his third round. And it's funny, I reckon I really watched his, without me thinking about it, I watched his, his first round and his second round. And I remember his second round, and I don't know if you saw it, when he was – he had a really good run on the back nine. He's come up to 17, and he's kind of just just sort of hacked his way up on 17. He come up to 18, and he's, he's actually just, just dead set fatted it and it was at least 30 yards short of the green. Like, he's hit an absolute stinker. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And you can yeah. see him laughing about it, yeah, right? So yeah. then. People starting to, you know, people could externally look at that and go, whoa, you know, is he starting to feel the pressure, the hometown pressure and stuff like that? And then I'll look at how he started off. So he's tied for the lead with JB Holmes. Um, so he tees off on Sunday. The weather's okay. Goes out and, you know, he's, he's ploughing away on the front nine and he was standing on the ninth. And at that time in the ninth, the leaderboard was like it was compressed. Like, it was really compressed. So, at the point they were playing the ninth hole, um, JB and, and Lowry playing the ninth hole, he had four tied for the lead at 10 under. So, had JB, Lowry, had Tommy Fleetwood and Westy, all tied at 10 under. Ninth hole there, um, JB and Lowry just striped a couple up the middle of the fairway. They had something like uh, 150, 160 into this pin, uh, pin cut sort of tight in the front. And JB's hitting first. He's hit an absolute just ripper and just, um, just striped it, you know, just right of the flag. So, this perfect uphill part from about 10, 15 feet. So, then you, if you think about it, you're in your you're tied the lead, your playing partners, you know, they're matching you shot for shot, right? It's almost like this, you know, they're just, you're just trading blows. He stood up there and he's absolutely just stiffed one in there on top of JB. Then on top of that, JB's missed the putt. He putt. He's still at the six-footer, and he holds that to take a one-shot lead. And all of a sudden, from there, and if you saw his back nine, he, it's like he just got – it's like that gave him that jolt of confidence in terms of I'm in the heat. My playing partner's put one in close. I've put one in closer. I've poured my putt in, and it's like that's when he just absolutely dropped the hammer on the back nine and tore through, and then that that's what gave him that. Know, that um, that buffer going into the weekend, so it was just like these little moments where he's just doing something, and it's almost like that self-validation of you know I can do this. Like he's just digging a little bit deep, pull something off, and then it's like that just that self-validation, and he's he's actually attacking the golf course and trying to win the tournament rather than just trying to defend the lead or or hang with the leaders, um, and, and that and that shone through through the whole round. And even through to the weekend, you know, you talk about the, the bogey party he made on the first. Um, you know, even, you know, as everyone else was imploding around him, um, you know, he, he, he almost did a bit of a, you know, almost stumbled a little bit, you know, makes a bogey um, on 14, but he comes back on 15 and hits this, just this beautiful little, just low punch wedge in close and then just rolls in a birdie putt to just, you know arrest back the momentum and just keep the foot on the throat of the field and then just the shots he hit down through the end were just you know, just good solid shots and you know he was able to enjoy enjoy the win uh, and then then celebrating with the crowd <laughs> he was pumping up a fair bit i thought he was going to bring the house down but you know he was just these little things that i saw in the second round and the third round and in the final round it was like every time i saw it i I kind of made a mental note to just jot it down like what what he did on this particular hole and you know all those little moments you know paid off in the end
0: yeah it was a special it was a special win and you know in all of the majors that we've talked about and we've talked about them all i think i think we went on a pretty passionate rant about the uh, tiger win and you know we've covered the brooks win but I can't remember feeling so warm and fuzzy about someone winning a golf tournament this year, let alone a long time. And you know, he's got you know good. You know, he won the Irish Open as a amateur. Yeah. So he he can do it, and I just I just hope really for Irish golf, European golf, and for Shane Lowry's golf that this is just the springboard into hopefully. More wins, obviously. Hopefully, more wins, and but big, but bigger things, because he he deserves it, and he can, uh, you know, carry the flag for that little nation. You know, like there's only three, four million people there, five million people there, but the amount of quality golfers that they produce is, is phenomenal. Now let's talk about. Well, sorry, go on. Well, the
1: other, well, the other thing, you know. Yeah, you know, we except for the masters, we have talked about him as uh, someone that could contend in the majors. Like we haven't ignored him. No, um, I do wish I had thrown down some hard end on him at the start of the week. You well, reckon it would have been pretty good odds?
0: But well, we deserve you know, we, it, des- we deserve to be chastised a little because if you listen back to our preview podcast, he didn't really come up that much. We didn't. No, we, go, we didn't. We we uh, we, didn't. we left him alone. And my friends at the. Uh, Playing out sideways podcasts as well in the guys in Scotland, same thing. I was listening, left out Shane Lowry, so we should we should be yep. off, we should, we that was silly of us because he should have been
1: especially when you we spoke about him so many times. we so spoke mi- around the US Open. So many, and guess times. what? The, the one tournament where we should have been talking t- talking about him, boom.
0: That's it. We didn't talk about him. We've proven ourselves as amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah um, yeah. so I mentioned, you know, the quality of Irish golfers from that little nation, beautiful nation and a very proud nation and I think that whole place will be celebrating, you know, like the town of Ophaly where he's from will be going off. It's not too far out of Dublin but I think the whole country, wherever there's golf being played. There, there got... is
1: going to be a shortage of Guinness. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and. You know he's 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 quite a figure, and his dad's a very well-known um, sportsman um, previously in in ga Gaelic football um, of his own notoriety. I you know, haven't played in an All Ireland final. Did you so. see? Did
1: you see his dad on the on the um, on the 18th green after the the um, ceremony?
0: Oh, I didn't. I saw him beforehand. He was going the full. He was a full blub. You know, so he was blubbing, and right.
1: no, no, so he's. he's, he's His
0: dad's come down
1: from the side and he's giving his dad the claret jug and his dad's holding holding the claret jug up as if he's won it and, like, circling around to the crowd and, like, egging them on. Like, it was just, it was, you know, you talk about emotional, you know, know, even I'm tearing up just thinking about it, you just think about you've got your dad who's able to be there to celebrate something like that with his son in their country knowing all the things that it means and he's he's there in front of this crowd just holding up this trophy and it's like um, look what my son has done in this in this country. right? It's just you know, how proud would you be? And you can see even how proud all the other Irishmen were. Yeah. You know, you had you know, I didn't under know the story, so Graham McDowell's the head Green the head um superintendent at Port Rush is Graham McDowell's brother. Yep. I could now understand why he was so emotional about playing there. Yeah, you had Podrick Harrington as well. Um, then, oh, the other one at the, you know, as um, um, as um, Shane was coming off the off the green and sort of, you know, all the all the other, you know, compatriots were uh, were were celebrating with him and congratulating him. Have a guess who was there? Ricky Elliott is caddy, so the the, the local rush oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he was he was there. He was one of the second or third people um, to congratulate um, uh, Shane Lowry. So even though the the person you know he's taken down the world number one, you know Brooks was, was already up in scores tent, and Ricky's hung around to um, to congratulate him. You know that's that's awesome.
0: That's no, awesome. Uh, it was a class uh, performance and. You know, they, they all handled themselves very, very classily. And uh, so let's talk about some of the other Irish boys as while we're going on. So as high as the Shane Lowry story was, and I won't say that the Rory McIlroy story was low, you know, it was very, very emotion charged. You know, he was, he was under a lot of pressure right from the get-go, obviously, by having an eight on the first hole of the tournament.
1: Oh, I sent you the message and said his tournament's done.
0: But on, when was it, Friday night, so Saturday morning, you know, I couldn't – I think it was 4 a.m. And I, I just couldn't tear myself away, just it try, was lighting it up, wasn't he? Willing him home to get that final birdie on the last hole. And when he just didn't, you know, leave himself a chance of draining the putt on the 18th when it just doddled off to the left there, um, you know, the whole, the whole world just sighed a breath of pain for, for Rory because – you know, he played pretty well, except for, you know, one hole on the start of the, the first day, and I think the last hole on the start of the first day. And those were the two holes that messed it up for him. But that back nine of, of um, the second day, you know, I think everyone, everyone would have wanted that birdie to come and didn't. And, you know, what was impressive is the way he handled it, you know, the way he spoke about it and the way he owned it and just yeah. got on with it and didn't detract from anything else. There was no woe is me. And, um, you know, so he held, he held himself pretty high.
1: Yeah, you well, um, you know, it's a, you know, the, the, down, the downside of, of obviously this is also the, the Rory story. Um, you could see how much it meant to him. Uh, you know, and he would have been the overwhelming favourite. Um, I, I still think the right man won because he just, he just, we'll call it, impedibizes everything that's Irish, really, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, yeah, it's just heartbreaking for, and you could see, you know, how much he wanted to just be there on the weekend and, and to be in contention. And, you know, without trying to throw, you know, any disrespect into, you know, his game and stuff like this, you know, maybe this this is just the highlighting again, the challenge that he has with expectation, whether, you know, he puts a a lot on himself um, and he just needs to figure out something mentally because, you know, we've seen what happens to him at the Masters. Um, We've seen what happens with him at some other majors. He just has form and then he... For some reason, it's it's like he either puts too much pressure on himself, or he's trying to be too relaxed. He can't find quite find that that um, creative tension that he needs to be performing at his absolute best. You know, you're talking five years since he's won a major, and oh, I can't think about the last time he's actually really seriously contending. Um, so it's it's a it's a shame, and and maybe, and hopefully, this is the, you know, the reflection of this event might spur him on to, to recapture the Rory that we we thought that we would get, you know, dominating the world because he's got all the tools. Um, yeah, it's a shame.
0: Would you on Would you? Would you take, go and have a look at the way that Lowry played that tournament and take something out of it if you were Rory and just look at the way that he. Golf the ball around and and maybe take stock and have a reassessment of.
1: I only have to look at how Rory played when he had we had nothing to he had nothing to lose.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I heard I uh, heard a quote from Shane Lowry when um, when he was asked about what he learned from the U.S. Open, and he said, um, "I'm the next time I have a and this is." Oh, a while back, it's, it's regurgitated an interview um, from a while back, not, not during this event. And he said, um, well, the next time I have a, a a lead in a major or a four-shot lead in a major, I'm going to play to win, not play to defend my lead. Because yep. he, you know, he referred to the US Open. He said, for the first three days, I was the world number one. I was the best golfer in the world. And he said, then I tried to defend that. He said, I can't do that again. Mm-hmm. And the way he played, you know, maybe those couple of shots he hit in the, in the you know, those couple of chunky shots he hit late on um, on the Friday with with him trying to defend his score. He's probably gone, oh, here we go again, eh? No, 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 no. So he just went for it again. And we've seen what Rory's like when he goes for it. Um, so, you know, it's back to that pressure or just finding that right creative tension so mm. let,
0: let's have a look at some of the other notables in the uh, top uh, half a dozen or so of the leaderboard. So you had uh, the flowing uh, the flowing locks of Tommy Fleetwood up there. Yeah,
1: he, he had a great tournament. Great he, tournament. You could see he was he was actually he's quite upset. You know, I think there's part of him where he's a, he was probably happy for Lowry because I think they're, they're good mates, but. Yeah, you know, I think he was upset with that you know he kind of let an opportunity go. Yeah,
0: didn't um, didn't play that well on the last day. Yeah, you know, had made just a few mistakes. Didn't get the putter rolling early on. And, and oh, not
1: not too many people played well on the last day. No you know, in fairness. The, yep. the best the best the best scores were were, were done early. Yep. Um. You know, and the best the only person that, that didn't shoot over par in the in the last the six or seven groups was um, Tony Finau.
0: Great finish from him. It, yeah, before, yeah Before he can he, He's You have to think That he's going to get A win one day A yeah, big win
1: oh, no? Yeah you don't know It's like he just contends But he's not like
0: well, he's
1: Except of, for the Masters When he was riding Amongst it um, And I think The US Open Last year At um, At Shinnecock Yeah Um, You know he's, he's, It's like he's Got the right game And the right temperament But um He
0: hasn't quite, you know, the, this, you know maybe, maybe he'll crack it one day. That killer instinct. Um Okay, so let's talk about your boy because I know the listeners will be expecting you to uh, have a full diagnosis oh. of, uh, of your boy Brooks. Oh, my
1: goodness. She didn't come.
0: He lurked? Uh, he did a good um, job of lurking, is, lurking and intimidating, you know, with intimidatory force uh, that I'm going to come and get is, you. But he just didn't come and get them.
1: His putter. If if, if 2019 will summarise Brooks kept his putter as you know, it was amongst the Nightwalkers, Game of Thrones, Winter is coming, because it was ice cold again, ice now, cold.
0: Now, ice cold. Did someone on this uh, podcast? The Rocket and Roscoe episodes, maybe he goes by the name of Rocket, suggests that it didn't matter that he wasn't the best putter because his ball striking would hold him in the best of stead to get the W at this tournament.
1: He, he just needed to putt okay. Yeah, okay. But, you know, need. the complete contrast to um, Shane Lowry, those six and seven footers that in 2018, you know, Brooks would be draining those. We've already seen this year in all the majors he's streaky, having streaky moments and very inconsistent with the putter. And this week just really just, it was laid there for the whole week. The first two rounds he uh, he shot 68, 69. He left a loss out there. And then the third round where I was hoping for him to make that big push. Again, the same thing, just missing too many of those and like, just burning the edges. It's either he didn't. It's either he wasn't reading it well enough, or he's just something with the speed. So something just was not. It just was not in sync. And then, you now going into the final round, and 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 to my mind, the only person I thought that was probably going to put to rattle the cage of of Lowry was Brooks, but he had to get off to one of those you now the same sort of start that he that he got off to. At the US Open and start to get the crowd roaring and have that referred crowd reaction just bellowing down the fairways of, um, of Port Rush if he just got on a run. That first seven holes was, he had an opportunity to to burn through there. If he, could, if he ripped through there and three or four under, um, you know, all of a sudden he goes from being, what was he wanted to do? Six behind? He was six behind, six or seven behind. He could have just, you know, vaulted his way up. And it only takes very quick. We've seen this very quick to lose four shots lead. Um, But he goes and bogeys the first four holes. And I'm like, what what is he doing? Like, literally, what is he doing? I just, just, I don't know. It's almost like he just got to the point where he's just pushing so hard. And he was just. He was just making some really just fundamental sort of errors. Looked like he was going to get it sort of back on track, but you know it was just not to be. Um, so um, and the only um, and the only the only bright part of Brooks's bad play was in boging seventeen because that allowed Lee Westwood to finish tied for fourth and get a get a, get a start in next year's Masters. Oh, so that's God. the only that's the that's the only bright thing I can I can draw out of
0: well, bright, the 2019 Open Championship from Brooks Koepka brighter than his fluoro luminous yellow and white get up that he had on Sunday. Jesus, that was, oh, was that, that was out there, wasn't that it? That was the brightest combo. Anyway, um, last on we'll, we'll keep going, um, but the last bit on Brooks, great pairing for him on the Sunday. Fantastic.
1: Oh, Saturday Saturday and Sunday, he was stoked. He got the two <laughs> slowest players on the planet. First of all, we had Justin Rose who was playing, I don't know, what, what sort of floggish behavior he was up to. So Ooh. there was, um, I think it was the fifth hole and his books was hit a tee shot. Uh, Justin Rose hit first. Hit a, no, books is hit a tee shot. And Justin Rose basically stood on the tee for like three minutes before he went and hit his tee shot. Just stood there watching. Well, well, and then the very next hole, he hit his shot and he starts sprinting down the fairway. What, what is he doing? Well, what, what point is he trying to prove? Is he is he so aggrieved with the fact that even though Brooks hasn't called him out um, publicly, he's alluding to slow players as basically a blight on the game? And then to back it up, he gets J B Holmes on the last on the on the last day. So Brooks is teeing off first. Hits his shot within 28 seconds of being called to the tee, so he's off and running, ready to go. JB Holmes hasn't even put his glove on by the time the announcer calls his name. Then he goes, fumbles around to get his glove, get his club, his ball teed up. He took like a minute, and that went on for the whole day. I wonder if Brooks was mad and probably played badly because he played with two of the slowest players on the planet who were just doing floggish things. What? When's, when when? Oh, sorry. I'm just gonna I have to sit down. I think slow players. Oh, my goodness, just drives me a little bit batty.
0: <laughs> slow players and floggish things. <laughs> it's enough to drive any golfer batty. Yeah, hey up, all right. So we'll move on. Uh, just quickly, Lee Westwood, great tournament from him. Good to see. You know, it's a 47 year old. Out there with his girlfriend on, on his bag and they don't talk about...
1: Fiancé now. Fiancé, sorry.
0: Apparently. Congratulations, uh Lee. And sorry, I don't remember the, his fiance, lovely fiancé's name. But great job for her pulling the staff bag around the dunes for four days or more than four days. That's phenomenal. No, the effort.
1: last day when the rain hit through 7 to 10... He's left her with. He's taken the umbrella, and she's
0: left her with nothing. <laughs> she's she's <laughs> done a great job. But they, 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 yeah. they, enjoy it. They love it. It's great to see. You know like it's just a, a couple out there enjoying golf together. And he's clearly enjoying it because he's he's playing pretty well. It didn't sort of stand up for him on the last day. He had a little look at contending there for a bit, but it just as quickly as he had the look in the door, it was sort of slammed shut on him. Um, actually there's
1: there's one there's one actually I have to give you immense kudos mm. for a player that you called out at the start mm. and I didn't know who it was and he finished T six. Bobby yeah. Mack.
0: We Bobby. We Bobby. Uh, Bobby
1: Mack. He's pretty- Not only did he finish T six, he didn't want to take any crap from from Kyle Stanley because he wouldn't call four when he hit a hit a wild tee shot. I don't know if you heard that story.
0: Uh, I did, but tell me the full version. <laughs> uh,
1: there was one particular hole where Kyle Stanley sort of hit one wide and he didn't call four. He had everyone else in the groups call four. And Bobby sort of said to him, he said, you should be calling four. And he kind of alluded to the fact that he goes, well, everyone else has said it, so why wide wide, I have to say it? It's a little bit of on the onus of the, uh, the ball striker. A couple of holes later, it does the same thing again. The ball, the drop, the tee shot from Kyle Stanley is going right. Everyone's calling four right. He doesn't call four right. One bounce into the arm of Bobby Mac's, um caddy's mother. And Bobby <laughs> Mack has let him have it. He is giving him an almighty spray. Oh, oh great. That's great. Jeez.
0: Well, good on you, Bobby. You wouldn't want to mess with uh, a Scotsman from the Highlands up there in Oban. Just uh, on the west coast there, beautiful part of the world. I wouldn't mind going seeing it. But uh, what a great little, great young man, great player, a lefty, beautiful swinger of the ball, beautiful striker of the ball. Hopes of Scottish golf on his shoulders. Yeah, not much no, al- well played. Not much else well happening played. for Scottish, uh, Scottish golf. You know, rusty, rusty Russell Knox. Yeah, no, thereabouts. But, um, yeah, no, thank you for the kudos on Bobby Mack, and he's one to put in your little black book. Uh, Danny Willett, good to see him sort of kicking around, and, you know, looks like he's... Starting ga- to find a bit of form. Yep, which is good. And uh, your boy, Terrell Hatton, he's not your boy really, but uh, he was okay. He was up there.
1: Well, we certainly didn't. I know, for all, my, you know, for all our, our picks, we didn't, do, we didn't do very well, you know, no. You know, you, think, you know, the Australian contingent, except for Cam Smith, was quite horrible. You know, Adam Scott was – he was cooked four holes in. Jason Day was – oh, Jason Day, my goodness. He was four under for the tournament with seven holes to play in the second round and missed the cut.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not quite right, what? is it? Not quite right, what? is it? Yeah.
1: So I'll tell you what he'd be dreading going to Stevie Williams' boot camp next week that's for sure
0: <laughs> and Leish Leish blew up as well no so. uh, nah, it
1: was yeah I, as I said you know I didn't think he's had any form going in and that course was definitely it's not one that was you know you couldn't be you couldn't be going in there with a struggling game you were just you know that course is going to chew you up that course is going to chew you up I would say it was a beautiful course just it was one of those ones where it didn't matter who was what group was playing, what hole every hole was just it just looked amazing and it's one of those ones where you look at it and go yep, if they don't bring the open back here in the next 10 years, and RNA you know they need to be taken out the back and given a, a swift beating with a cane.
0: Mate, can I tell you that I've played at a couple of courses over there and there was one in particular at a place called No and New that I played. And I think they charged me. I rocked up without a booking. It was a Friday morning. I said, can I have a game? She said, off you go. How much are you going to charge me for that? She said, €25. No, I don't. I I think. But, okay, it's not the standard of Port Rush, but it's the whole surrounds and the environment and and the look, you know, the dunes with that sort of silver, wispy grass sort of blowing in the dunes and and the ocean and the pot bunkers and the... The um, – the, everything, is very, very, very similar. And Ireland is just full of golf courses like that. They all look very similar and they're all unbelievable and you could spend months there playing it. So, you know, the last three weeks, you know, two of them have been in Northern Ireland and, and Ireland at Lahinch have put uh, that place very firmly on the map. Everyone that I've spoken to in doing what I do has – been blown away with the quality of golf and golf courses that they've seen in Ireland and they've all been to Scotland but very few of them have sort of put Ireland on the map and I'll tell you what, America have cottoned onto Ireland as a golf destination a long time ago. It's obviously close, especially uh, East Coast, uh, USA, very strong Irish links so there's a big Big pull to Ireland for American golfers, but I reckon the Australians are about to invade as well because they love their quality golf and quality golf architecture, and what they've seen uh, has certainly got the people that I talk to, if that's the sample,
1: Oh, there'd be heaps that would be looking at that going, what else is up there? Yeah. Well, there's, there's, like, what else is
0: up there? There's plenty. There's there's plenty, and from 14 euros to, you know, hundreds of euros, there, there is plenty, and a lot of the guys that I was, was following um, who were just shooting down some beautiful visuals, you know, the, Nick from Air Swing Media, he was staying uh, around the – it was not around the corner. It's like an hour and a half away. Uh, uh, Rosapenna, No, Rosapenna, Just another old Tom Morris uh, course just in County Donegal, just staying over there and communing in, community inn, staying up there with uh, Akbar from Seamus uh, Golf and uh, – you know, Ballyliffin's around the corner, County Donegal, Donegal Merva's around the corner. Yeah, there's so much golf up there, it's unbelievable. Now, mate, uh, any other pieces of um, trivia from the weekend?
1: Uh, there was driver doping. Driver doping.
0: I, can't, yeah. you, I heard this, and you just can't believe it. You just, as someone who represents, you know, these guys, Golf brands, I, I just can't believe that it would happen. How it happens, but it, it apparently has.
1: Oh look, when you think about it, you know, I can I can understand why it happens because if you think about out of the hundred <laughs> drivers that get made, um, they're going to go. What what are the ten that are the closest to the to the thresholds?
0: That's that's and pretty they're, the ones
1: that are going, they're they're the ones that are going gonna go on the tour truck. That's Everything pretty much gonna go in the shops.
0: Mate, with that you know, I've had the the discussion, you know, at the training seminar, you know, with the the tailor made product, for example, and that was pretty much how they articulated what's hap- what happens with their Previous spec drivers, you know, they made them all very well within the tolerance, but there would always be a handful out of production that would be, you know, towards the nice. upper, upper upper limits. The spot you know, they called them the spicy heads, and the spicy heads yeah. would go to the tour truck, or would go to the marketing executives or the bosses. The message would come. Oh, they, down, talk,
1: they talked about it on their. Um, They've talked about it on their tailor made podcast, and they talked about that as um, one of the reasons they made the. Injected twist face blah, blah, blah So in the terms te- of trying to get all the drivers As close to what the tour spec ones As humanly possible So it wasn't a crapshoot In terms of what you pulled out of the bin
0: Correct And now everyone who's listening Keep in mind that the story That brought this uh, episode to light Over the weekend Was nothing to do with a tailor-made tailor- driver It was to do with one of the other brands So who was it? Xander Shoffley
1: Xander Shoffley. so what happened so it was the uh, where it really blew up was in the third round after the third round and Xander got a little bit um, personal towards the RNA about their leaking of the fact that his driver was confiscated because it was one of the target tested or randomly tested ones before the uh, the tournament. And it didn't meet certain CT guidelines in terms of how long the ball would stay on the face, so he had to do a bit of a scramble for uh, another driver to to put into play in the tournament. Um, and so he, you know, he was quite vocal and um, almost, com- you know, combative towards the RNA. They played a very straight bat, and then uh, unfortunately, what uh, Young Xander may have forgotten was that. Um, after the first round and, you know, his trials and tribulations in the first round where I think he shot three out of four. 74, asking him, you know, what, what are you struggling with? And he uh, he kind of alluded to the challenges with the equipment in terms of just some of the target testing that the RNA were doing. The uh, journalists, you know, kind of a little bit perplexed by the um, the line of answers that he was giving sort of probed a little bit further and, and Xander basically offered up and said that his driver did not pass the test. And um, you know, so he had to go find another driver. That was on the Thursday. Then it becomes a news. Other uh, journals doing more digging. All of a sudden it becomes a big article. And he's like, well, the RNA was supposed to keep this private. <coughs> uh, sorry, Xander. You uh, offered up the information, Sunshine. Yeah, you've been driver doping. So um, cop it. Apparently, there are another three other drivers out of the yeah, target testing 30 that um, didn't pass, so represents 10%. So maybe the RNA should have just gone and tested everyone.
0: Mm. Oh, well, watch this space. I'm sure they won't let it lie. I'm sure they're not going to, you know, get around Nothing. for the rest of the year.
1: Oh, look, they won't even penalise JB Arms or Justin Rose. So what are they going to do about some hot drivers?
0: Yeah, fair enough. Good point. Nothing. Fair point.
1: Nothing. Um,. What other tidbits? Um, Get some other notes here. Oh, the other one. uh, So I talked about. um, I think I spoke to you before we um, jumped onto this. The John Huggins story about Shane Lowry, which is quite interesting. So in the early days, you know, the uh, the Irish Golf Association were looking at a very young Rory McIlroy and thinking, "Oh my goodness, do we have one here?" And they weren't sure. And They've um, put a call out to the you know the great Pete Cowan to sort of come over and just watch some of the, the Irish boys playing in some training camps and just say, you know, we just want you to validate, is this kid going to be great? You know, should, what, what should we invest time and effort into him? And so Pete Cowan's come over and over a course of a week, you know, watching all the boys play and compete against each other and said, yep, 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 Rory, you know, he he's, looks like he's got exactly what it's made. You know, he's going to be great. Um but you've got another one. And they're like, what? He said, no, 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 you've got another one who I think is going to be uh, a really, really good player as well. They go, well, which one? And he points over and he goes, a oh, little fat lad over there with the glasses, that little fat lad with the glasses was uh, Shane Lowry. So it's just, um, it's quite interesting to see that, you know, there's, there was this, we'll call it uh, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow um, that they just didn't see because he's, referred to as the fat lad with glasses and he wasn't uh, the stri- striking young Rory McElroy who was a bomber or whatever other things that he was showing as a, as a junior. So I just found that a quite interesting story.
0: Well Rory put a picture up today of uh, both of them in one of the early Irish young teams and <laughs> both of them had a little bit of a quirky look going on so but uh, yeah that was him with the small little spectacles there and uh, fine strapping man he's turned out to be.
1: Um, yeah I don't, I don't the only other one thing and it's kind of just I don't know where to leave this one no I'm going to go now because it's my last bit of Brooksy, Brooksy stuff for the year actually no almost my last bit of Brooksy stuff for the year but I've, I've sent you a note I think just to remind me about this one that um there's been a little bit of um correlative data that's been done recently and trying to understand why Brooks their plays some obscure events and um some astute observer out there has been doing a correlation between the events that Brooks kept plays and uh, when his girlfriend goes to weddings. So he played the Rocket Mortgage, I think it was, and everyone was like, why is he playing that one? Apparently on that weekend there was a wedding on. So uh, they've gone and done some digging into um, Jenna Sims' uh, Instagram account and found every time that she's at a wedding... Brooks is playing a tournament. Just happens to insert into his schedule. So I think uh, Brooks doesn't like um, those sort of gatherings, so he just uh, (laughs) decides to play a tournament so he's not having to go to a wedding. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently he uh, he was best man at a wedding and ended up playing a tournament and he gave a video message Ultimate, in ultimate, Brooks kept off. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that
0: man. I love that man. I think we might have used the phrase uh, in one of the recent Rocket and Roscoe episodes of it marches to the beat of his own drum, and no true <laughs> word is spoken relevant to that example, Rocket. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine that. Best man speak. Good day, mate. Sorry, can't be there, but. Uh, all I the best him. yeah could I tell you the can you tell the time about we got drunk together sorry I've got to go <laughs> tea time <laughs> oh goodness well mate um I think uh that's just on the hour mark That's uh another the good one for us I think we'll leave it at that mate I think we will leave well on. the next four weeks
1: is going to be interesting yes so next week we've got the um, alligator swamp classic down in <laughs> Memphis Right. So the um, the WGC where um, Shane Lowry said, you know, I'm here at the uh, the Open playing in front of tens of thousands of my closest friends and I'm going to go down to Memphis and play in front of a man and his dog. Um, that's quite funny. So you've got the WGC event. I think there's a Tigers not playing. A few others are not playing.
0: Can I can I just so, pa- yeah. pa- pause on that for a sec? And it goes back to me, you know, going on about how good this Lynx golf was. And – I've had all of these ideas, you know, burbling through my pea brain. And it's a couple of things. It's going to be really hard for me to go back and watch PGA Tour, you know, relevant to the example you've just given. And yep. has there ever been a better argument for the European Tour and the PGA Tour coming together and saying, you know what, Guys, you know, in Europe, you've got this really cool Lynx golf that everyone seems to love. People come and watch it in droves. Um, why don't we do like a, a Lynx golf swing or something like that, you know, like and, and co-sanction it? And why don't we get together on, you know, bring six of the best tournaments that we could possibly put onto the best-looking Lynx courses and do that and have the best players, you know, all jetting because they all love to go there. They all love playing it. I don't, I don't know. I just... You heard it here nah, first. It won't you, happen. There's no way that it will happen. Absolutely no way. But uh, can you imagine it? Can you imagine like six a, a, a swing of you know six weeks of just pure lynx golf? Maybe maybe week on well, week. We've, yeah, we've, maybe we've maybe. got it
1: in, it's in September on the European Tour. You've got the um BMW PGA at Wentworth, a bit of Heathland. Yeah. Straight after that you've got the Daniel Lynx. Cares yeah. about the US PGA Tour. Yeah, I as know. I said, you know they're the Gordon Gecko of PGA Tours. Greed is good.
0: I know, I know, but it's just, you know, like in. And
1: so yep, next week Alligator Swamp Classic down in Memphis, <laughs> um, with Brooks's finish um, at the at the Open, and where um, three drops Kucha finished. That means Brooks is now the leader in the FedEx Cup. So he's currently twelve under. Leading into the uh, the tour championship, he's already twelve under. You realise that? Hmm. The tour championship. He's
0: already twelve. Oh, under Oh yeah, the, because of, yeah, yeah, because of because uh, of the way. Because it, it's a net, yeah, it's a yeah, net yeah. event now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about it's that. Net, it's
1: like a it's like a monthly medal net I've, event.
0: I forgot about the dumbest decision in golf that the golf has ever seen. <laughs> it's
1: the net tour championship.
0: It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I've heard people. People support that as a concept, you know, that he get this ten shot advantage or whatever it is, and it's just silly. I can't, I can't, um, I, can't I don't
1: get yeah. it. Yeah, right. and then you know, I've already seen some of what the US tour are doing for the rest of the year, and they've just they've just jammed October to December full of events. They don't give two rat they don't give two rats about European tour or anyone else. Now, I still think uh, Golf Australia should be going to the European tour and just trying to create a nice little swing through here and rather than have all the Middle East and everyone like that, okay. you, know, yeah, you so know, having this premier times. Yep, 100 um, Anyway. And then the last thing, just um, on a side note, so um, young Brett Coletta maintaining form, so finished tied for fourth in the, on the KFC tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so he now moves up to 22 22 from um,
0: 25, to, 25 yep. to 22, yep. so he's, he's yep. getting very close.
1: Yeah, that's two or three more events left before they start the, um, um, I think it's the Tour Championship. So next week is the uh, Dr. Pepper Cup. So I don't know what the tournament is, but it's sponsored by Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I do like a bit of Dr. Pepper. Um, and then uh, another Australian inside the 70s is... Um, uh, Camp Percy mm. so yeah could be a good time for the Australians to you know maybe have a bit of a run but it would be good to see um, young Brett you know, secure his tour card their kid can play yeah, he can. their kid can play yeah, he definitely can
0: uh, Dr Pepper have you ever had a, a drink called Iron Brew Rocket back to my trip no. uh, pre- preparation for Scotland you've never had Iron Brew no so you're going to uh, – this is – before I go in September sound,
1: – Sounds sound like something I drank on um, – or well, needed to probably drink on Saturday morning.
0: There you go. No. So in preparation for the podcast that we'll do before I leave the shores and go and experience some Lynx Golf myself, your, your task is to go out and buy a can of Iron Brew and drink it and come back and give the listeners a full um, tasting notes of Iron Brew, the – Scottish <laughs> soft drink of international repute Iron Brew. You know, you know there's a map where the cola drink from the United States, one with the red and white can, is the biggest selling mm. is the biggest selling soft drink globally in every country in the world. And there's one <laughs> little there's one little country where the map is orange and it's because Iron Brew is the biggest-selling drink. So there you go. You go and drink a can of Iron Brew okay. after oh. mentioning Dr. Pepper and give uh, give the Scots drink a bit of a review for us. Anyway, we'll leave okay. it. Mate, I think, uh, I think we're done. Yeah.
1: Just good year for the majors, and it's going to be interesting next year, 2020, Masters, PGA, TPC Harding. Uh, US Open at Wingfoot, (laughs) that's been redesigned by um, Gil Hance, So that course has been brought back to its original AW Tillinghouse glory. That will be quite epic. And then the Open Championship at uh, Royal St. George's. So, yep, it's going to be another fun year.
0: I think it's fitting that it's fitting that it finishes on the Open. Um, I didn't like it when it finished on the PGA a couple of weeks later down the track, but uh, I think it's fitting that it finishes on the Open. Yes, it's a long time back to April. The guys will work out how, how to uh, golf their ball, the ones that are in the FedEx and, and whatever else, but um, I think it's fitting that it finishes on the Open. And, um, you know, we'll get together soon and talk about, uh, talk about what's going on.
1: That's all right. See see what's happening in the alligator Song Classics and, <laughs> and and the uh, the Net Tour championship.
0: <laughs> All right, mate. All right, good chat. Well done. Great uh, get back to some uh, normal sleep with them, would we? Can we?
1: Yeah, exactly. All right,
0: mate. Thanks. No, thank you. All right, see you, man, bye bye.